What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Coban. It's February 25, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 76. In this episode, I'll be talking about exactly when you should start your cut if you're looking to be shredded for the summer and why carbs can be super important. So basically why you shouldn't be doing any kind of no carb diet. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. So this week is the first one in a while that's felt like a pretty normal week. I mean, I still worked pretty long hours, but now that the gym capacity is back to 100%, it's finally been a week where everything went pretty smoothly in terms of my own training, even though I didn't train too often this week, and how my clients are doing. But man, some days going into the gym this week were just crazy there were so many people this one day of course during the rush hour times between like 5 and 6 30 p.m at this gym i was working at it was so busy there were like 25 people crowded around like four benches it was so stupid and also i don't know why the gym decided to remove the spray bottles of the disinfectant stuff too that's just ridiculous i was walking around looking for spray bottles and couldn't find any I don't want to be lying down on someone else's sweat or, or, oh my God, or even worse, use a bench that some girl has just done step-ups with or dirty ass shoes. God damn it. I feel like all I've done this week is work though. No leisure time for me right now. My reading habit is still going well though, in case you were wondering. I finished, I think, six books so far this year. So that means I've probably read more books in the last six weeks than I have in my prior 30 plus years of living combined, (laughs) besides mandatory textbooks and stuff. Most of the books I read are pretty nerdy though. They're just books on fitness and health stuff mainly. Like I'm currently reading 51 Days by Rich Gaspari. You might have heard of Gaspari Nutrition. They make supplements, but he was also a pretty good bodybuilder back in the day. He never ended up winning Mr. Olympia because he had to always go up against Lee Haney. And he won, I think, seven or eight titles. So yeah, that's kind of going to be a problem for him. But yeah, this book is called 51 Days. And it's just a short 51 chapter book where I just read one chapter every day. And it's like a different little three page chapter. And he just talks about his life and lessons that he's learned when it came to training and nutrition. There's also a book about Mike Menzer I've been reading. He's another bodybuilder from the past. He was able to become Mr. Olympia at one point in his career, so it's interesting just to see these pro guys, their lives and interesting takes and their paths to get to where they were. 
I don't agree with all of their methods because these guys were juiced up, so their training volume was kind of insane, but I still think there were some valuable lessons that you could pick up from these books. Alright, so some of the books I've finished so far are The Art of Lifting, which is just a fitness information book. Uh, it breaks things down into pretty simple and easy to understand matter. Uh, Mamba Mentality, which is Kobe's book. Another interesting one to get into Kobe's head, basically. I read The Four Agreements, which I actually ended up reading in three days. That might be the best book I've read so far. And I try to remember to stick to those four rules to live by. I don't know if I'm allowed to say them on the podcast or is it copyrighted or something. Anyway, so, okay, so be impeccable or true to your word. Don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally and always do your best. And just the way the author supports those four points just opens your eyes basically to this way of thinking. And then the one I finished this week was Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I might have to read that one again because although I did read the book and gain some of the lessons that the book was teaching, I think for most of the book I wasn't immersed in it because I didn't really understand what was going on or what I was getting into. But now that I've read it, I think I'm going to go back and slowly read and visualize the book and... I just got to slow down and really understand the book as opposed to just reading the words. I feel like there were a lot of lessons at the beginning of the book that I got to go back and really read and soak in more the next time around and maybe write some notes along the way. That's a kind of book where you gain some kind of wisdom. I think that would be the right way to put it. Anyways, other books I finished were Bigger, Leaner, Stronger by Ma uh, Mike Matthews. And I agreed with most of the things he said in there, but there were some absolutes I feel like that was being said. And it could work for the majority of people, and it has. But I don't think the principles should apply to absolutely everyone. That being said, there's a lot of great information in there, and it's nearly impossible to make a workout program that every single person can follow. But his program is actually pretty good. It's definitely a more realistic approach than what I've been reading in the former bodybuilders books, which are like go hard or go home attitude for the most part, and the workouts have drop sets and triple drop sets, which obviously are not for everyone, especially someone new to fitness. But man, that's how they trained in those days, and they don't give a crap about the science. Their muscle building potential is just so much greater than the average person, not only because of the drugs they're taking, but they're also still in that upper class, like that 0.1% great genetics as well. Will you make gains following some of those programs? I'm sure you would, but I think the volume is just a little too high for most people. And I think the Mike Matthews stuff, stuff that he was saying, 100% they're going to apply to anyone with some kind of experience. But for the new lifters, some stuff seemed a bit hardcore there as well, but Bigger, Leaner, Stronger overall has helped a lot of people achieve their goals, so that's a pretty good book, regardless if I'm being a little bit nitpicky here. I think I already mentioned I finished Genius Life earlier this year. That was one of the first books I finished. And I'm in the middle of reading Genius Foods as well, also by the same author, Max Lugavere. But that one is another book where I should be taking notes on some of the stuff because it's pretty great information. 
Anyways, okay, so I hope you didn't fall asleep during that part of the podcast. But yeah, I guess we'll talk about me for a sec. I've been having this pain in my trap or my shoulder area right now. I don't know if I mentioned this last week already, but I've had it for a few days and I've had it pop up in the past as well. It usually goes away after a few days. It hasn't affected my training too much, but it's woken me up a few times this week, which is super weird. And I don't really like that that's happening, but I think it'll be gone in a few days. It just kind of hurts a bit right now if I look to the right. And let's see. Okay, so my training, I still like my hypertrophy rep range right now. The weight has been light, but I've been really focusing on mind-to-muscle connection. I'm definitely planning on making some gains here in 2022. After three weeks of training, I'm getting in the groove again. Remember that you don't have to lift heavy if you're just looking to build your body and sculpt your physique. It's more about form and control with the weight, as opposed to just focusing on increasing the load on all of your lifts as fast as possible. Trust me, I've been there, done that with the strength progression stuff. Trying to constantly go up 5 pounds every single session in there for months and months. It's not sustainable long term, so just make sure that you're able to control the weight and do the weight with good and perfect form before you really decide to add weight to the bar. If you're adding weights to your lifts too quickly, there could be some degree of form breaking down, which could lead to injury, and that could set you back a few weeks. And honestly, I've honestly I am super tired of going backwards when it comes to progress, so I'm going to do my best to keep this train rolling forward by listening to my body and doing my best to not get any more serious injuries. And the last thing I got to talk about last weekend was NBA All-Star Weekend festivities. I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch a lot of it because I was already exhausted that day from working. But Saturday night, that was supposed to be the most exciting night of the weekend since you got the skills challenge, the three-point contest, and of course the best part, which is the dunk contest, usually. Well, the skills challenge was pretty uh, pretty entertaining, I think, and so was the three-point contest. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, he won that, scoring, I think he got 29 in the championship final, which was just crazy to see some seven-footer shoot like that. He's one of the best offensive seven-footers in the league, that's no question. After that, I fell asleep. I just remember Cat, he was holding up the trophy, and then I woke up the next morning. (laughs) So I didn't even end up staying awake for the dunk contest, I'm just too old for that. Well, the next morning, I open up my phone to see what happened during the dunk contest, and I think the general consensus is that it was pretty boring this year. Apparently, the ducks, uh, the the ducks, the the dunks, sorry, they were just mediocre, and I saw some of them, and they also missed a lot of dunks, so that kind of sucks, the energy out of the building. But anyways, Obi Toppin won. He had some nice dunks, but nothing groundbreaking. Nothing like Vince Carter or that year where it was Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. That was absolutely nuts. Question one. When is the best time to cut for the summer? We're slowly approaching the season where most people who partake in exercise, we decide that it's time to cut for the summer. 
You want to hit the beach, maybe take your shirt off, show everyone the hard work you've been putting in, time to get those abs, those nice looking arms and chest and legs or whatever. The thing is, most people believe that they only need one or two months to get to their ideal body fat percentage or even less time, honestly, or some ideal look that they're trying to achieve. And that's no fault of their own. The news outlets, TV, media, social media, they're always saying that you can lose 10 pounds in a week or 50 pounds in a month and keep it off forever. In some extreme cases, that may be true, especially if you have a lot of water to lose and water to cut out. But in real life, drastic weight losses like that are unhealthy and unsustainable. Unhealthy because losing weight too quickly means you're likely severely undereating, and that means your body could run low on essential nutrients that it needs to survive. Unsustainable because a diet where you're starving yourself isn't going to be easy to stick to, and it's just not smart to do long term. If you're looking to cut around 10 to 15 pounds, A month or two could be enough for you, but it would be smarter to give yourself a little bit more time than you think it'll take. This rule applies even if you're looking to cut for a show. Give yourself around one to three weeks more than how long you think it'll take. That way you'll be ahead of schedule. Because along the way, you never know what could pop up before the tentative date that you're supposed to reach this weight goal or some ideal look. You could go through some sort of injury along the way. Your body could need a little bit of a diet break midway through. And that just happens because after cutting for three months straight or however this planned calorie deficit will be, you might find it a little difficult. So this question really depends on exactly what your goal is to be in shape. Maybe that's to see abs or something. That means you have to ask yourself, Did you do the necessary building during your bulk phase? Because just starting to do ab exercises when you're about to cut or while cutting, that's only going to maintain the muscle you already have. So it'll be pretty hard to gain new muscle while cutting, but at least if you're working out that muscle still, you're still doing your best to ensure that you won't lose whatever whatever you already have you'll at least be maintaining the gains you have already if you're working them out. A common goal are abs for the summer, but you have to remember to build them during the bulk phase because that'll give you bigger or more ab muscles so you'll be able to see them at a higher percent body fat. So maybe next year when you cut, you won't have to get as lean to start seeing the shape of your abs. If you are about to start a cut, you should know that it's a pretty good idea to aim for around 0.5 to 2 pounds per week of weight loss. That's a pretty general approach, but if you have more to lose, maybe more than 250 pounds, then losing 2 pounds per week is actually kind of reasonable. The slower you go though, the better. That's what I personally think. Being in a calorie deficit where you're losing 2 pounds a week, if you're only 130 pounds to begin with, That's a lot actually, and you might be losing muscle in that process because it's such a high percentage of your lean body mass that you're losing weekly. So if you're heavier, expect more like two pounds and, or two pound weight loss. And if you're a bikini competitor or something under say 150 pounds, 0.5 pounds to a pound per week of weight loss is gonna be fine. 
And remember that if you are cutting, you should be trending in that direction. You should be able to look back on weigh-ins that you've been logging, and that graph should be trending in the way you want it to go. Your body weight likely won't go down every single day because your weight will fluctuate due to numerous factors, but it should be trending downwards if you look at weigh-ins by the week or something like that. Towards the end of May, where I live, is where it starts to consistently be in the 20 degrees Celsius mark, which is around 70 degrees Fahrenheit for the American folk. So that's a pretty good time to start enjoying the outdoor weather. Right now, that's about 12 weeks away. So actually, now would be a good time to start if you have like 10 to 20 pounds to lose. Personally, I'm not sure if I'll go through a serious or long cut this year, if I go on one at all, but if you are someone who wants to lean out for the summer, then now would be a pretty good time to start if your seasons kind of line up with where I live. But I think ultimately give yourself around three or four months to lose a bit of weight. When you first start cutting, you should find it pretty easy, but it'll start to get harder towards the end as you're trying to lose the last bit of weight or when you're getting down to a body fat percentage that's lower than you're accustomed to or that you've ever been. Those could be tough times. That's why I say to give yourself ample amount of time to reach your goal because those diet breaks are going to come in handy. I also don't advise that you get down to sub 5 to 7% body fat unless you're a competitor. But even then, that's unhealthy for long periods of time. So just be careful and don't go overboard. And I'm just going to prepare you for some bad news. If you're cutting for the first time, maybe even the first few times you try to lean down, you might not look like what you ideally thought you'd look like, and that's okay, you just gotta learn from that. That's exactly why I started this podcast, because not only have I been a personal trainer for seven or eight years now, I'm also someone who's learned from personal experience. I went on a huge bulk, and my first time cutting was not fun. I didn't enjoy it because I wasn't used to the feeling of being hungry sometimes and having to get used to that. Even when I got to my leanest, I thought I'd be out there shredded six pack, but that didn't happen. Turns out I didn't have enough muscle underneath all that fat, even though I thought I did. That's another reason why that first dirty bulk never went exactly as planned. A lot of things could go wrong the first time you're doing something, so don't be too hard on yourself if you didn't reach your ideal body weight and body fat percentage, or you don't look the way you thought you would. You learn from it and try to do better the next time. Maybe that means not skipping that session when you're supposed to be hitting calves in the off-season. That's fine, you know the feeling now, and you move forward and try something new and approach things differently if certain things don't work. And even to this day, I don't really look like a huge jacked influencer dude, but I've done what I can to be healthy for myself. I'm not really focused on what others are doing or how they're looking right now because the real battle is just being better than your past self. You gotta beat yourself. That's where the real progress is. Yes, it's good to have ideal body goals or something like that, but obsessively focusing on that isn't the path to go down. So just a few more things, some things to prepare for when you are cutting. Hunger, like I said, you're going to have to get used to it. Being in a calorie deficit could be tough, especially when you're doing it every day for a few weeks or months. 
Like I said, start cutting a bit earlier than you think because you could find the cut or being in a calorie deficit difficult after a while, so you may have to toss in a diet break somehow or just a week in between where you're closer to maintenance calories so that your body can get readjusted to start shedding weight again when you start cutting again. That one week or a few days off the cut, a little break, could resensitize your body to lose weight a little bit more. You also have to prepare for your strength to go down a little bit. There's a few things that you could do to prevent the amount of muscle loss and strength that could happen. That means switching up the program, maybe focusing on strength or whatever is the opposite of your current training method, and making sure that your protein is still right around your body weight, or even this is actually a time where you could actually eat more grams of protein per pound of body weight in pounds. Protein becomes even more important when you're cutting, so you could even increase your protein intake slightly and that could mean more weight loss coming from burned body fat as opposed to losing muscle. So I definitely went a bit off topic there since the question was really about when you should start cutting. So I answered this already earlier. Start earlier than you think you should so if any obstacles get in the way, some unscheduled cheat meals maybe, at least you give yourself some room for errors because they're probably gonna happen. The extra time gives you a little safeguard there Expect or aim to lose 0.5 pounds to 1 pound of body weight per week, maybe even up to 2 if you're a heavier individual. So figure out how many pounds you plan to lose. Maybe it's 40 pounds because you're over 250 pounds, for example. Then it would be reasonable to lose 2 pounds per week for the most part if that's what you want to do. 2 pounds per week would take, theoretically, 20 weeks if you're looking to lose 40 pounds. That's actually five months, so more than half a year out, you're going to have to start the cut, basically. And like I said, give yourself some room in there because you don't want to be in a calorie deficit for five or six months in a row. That might be the quickest way, but I don't think it's going to be enjoyable. And unless you're a hardcore fitness person, but even then, if it's not enjoyable, you probably won't stick with it. Mix up some diet breaks in there so that it won't be miserable. Question two, why eating carbs is so important. There's been a lot of diets over the years. Keto, Atkins, low fat, vegan, vegetarian, cotton ball, all fruit, carnivore diet, no fat, low carb, and even no carb diets. And the only diet that's going to work is if you plan on sticking with it long term. And even then, it's a lot easier to just take what you're eating right now and adjust those meals, whether that means reducing carbs or incre uh, increasing protein from there slowly until you're ideally eating in a way that'll improve your health. Take whatever you're doing now and change that a bit. That's more sustainable long-term instead of doing a full 180 and doing something you're completely not used to. That being said, should you cut out carbs completely from your diet? No. That's insane. Although eating no carbs, you'll still live a pretty normal life without much problems as opposed to if you decide to cut out fat completely or cut out protein completely from your diet, that would be a cause for concern. But still, carbs are important for some crucial functions throughout the day. Why are carbs important? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
Eating carbs is going to be great for growth, and it's used as a main fuel or energy source. You might notice this, again, going back to the first topic, if you're going to be in a calorie deficit, if you're on a low-carb diet and you do that for a while, you'll probably notice that you have lower energy than you normally would. Less carbohydrate intake means you'll have less energy that's readily available, aka ready for you uh, ready for you to use immediately. You'll also notice strength decrease in the gym due to just not having enough energy. If you're looking to grow your body and you're in a bulk phase, carbs are more important than ever. They'll help you get into that calorie surplus you need, and those carbs end up being what's called protein sparing. That means that after your body breaks down carbs into glycogen and glucose, your body will use glycogen as energy instead of breaking down muscle tissue for energy purposes. Again, carbs work in their magic. And when you're having your post-workout meal, yes, a shake can be great because it's full of protein, but making sure to also have a carb source along with that, maybe toss in some fruits in that shake too, but having carbs after a workout also helps prevent muscle loss and will actually also help your body repair muscles. So yeah, carbs are actually pretty important when you're bulking, especially for muscle building, but the thing is it's better to prioritize good carbs, not the, not the garbage, highly processed stuff, not those kind of carbs. In terms of the glycemic index, I don't think it's that important unless your doctor says that you need to eat foods on the lower end because of certain health problems. Glycemic load is actually probably more important than the index usually, but that's another topic for another day. When it comes to carbs, they're really not bad for you if you're choosing whole food sources for your carbs. Yes, carbs can be quote-unquote bad if your carb, cho- uh, carb choices are highly processed foods like chocolate, chips, I don't know, Twinkies, donuts, cake, ice cream, and making these choices often, getting these snacks at the supermarket all the time, that's definitely contributing to the obesity pandemic or epidemic. There's just so many carbs that we can eat and they just taste so good. Having those kind of foods every once in a while I don't mind that, but if you're consciously having them every single day, that's when it's going to be a problem. It's not a question on if they're going to be a problem, it's more like when they're going to be a problem if you're constantly eating the highly processed foods. So some good carb sources out there, rice, pasta, fruits, quinoa, potatoes, oats, beans, these are all great sources that you should toss into your diet on a pretty regular basis. The thing about all of these, you can use them as a base, flavor them up with some salt and pepper and whatever other seasonings you want. A little bit of sauce doesn't hurt, but again, be careful there because a lot of those sauces could have a lot of sugar in them, which could be something to look out for. Getting carbs from fruits and vegetables also comes along with fiber, which is another huge nutrient that most people don't seem to get enough of these days. That helps with satiety, which is the feeling of being full, along with regulating your bowel movements, which is another good and healthy habit. So if you're still on the fence about whether or not you should eat carbs, then I'll be on the record saying that you should eat carbs. Choose whole food sources though, don't just be having sugar all day. 
Carbs from good sources are going to fuel your body and give you more immediately accessible energy compared to the two other macronutrients, fat and protein. They don't really su uh, supply you with energy instantly. Carbs are what gives your body the energy to push through your workout or just get you from point A to point B and have your brain working properly. Carbs will also help when it comes to the process of building your muscles bigger and stronger than before. It's not just about the protein, which is also super important in this process as well. And that concludes episode 76 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.